Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves, it's what our moms tell people when the M1 Max is Super Max Plus Ultra X. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. And you're going to be able to hear those laughs with ultra clarity, because dark mode has been upgraded. This is where it would be nice to have a soundboard that would have, like, applause. That's our next step. Mm. I think applause and, and a laugh track will provide me ultimate endless amusement. But anyway, I think so. it'll, it'll, it'll make me feel better about myself as well. Yeah, and that's really what I'm going for. I, w- I just I want you to feel good about yourself, Noah. Thank you. We'll feel appreciated. Yeah. So, yeah, we got new mics. We got SM7Bs. We resisted it for like a year. Wait. Have we been doing this for a year? No, not yet. Almost. We're we're getting there. When was our first episode? I want to say it was in February. Sometime in February. Okay, wait. I can find this. Our our first episode, episode 1 Power Tower was Valentine's Day 2021. Mm. Oh, I kind of remember and- that that it was Valentine's Day. Yeah, and we were like, oh, what are we, spending time with our wives and girlfriends? Nope, we're doing a podcast about technology. That really yep. sums it all up. <laughs> well, there you go. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of the, the level that we're operating on. But this year, I happen to know that Valentine's Day is on a Monday, so we will not be interrupting any valentine's day smooches to bring you the latest technology news and advice that's good i'm gonna be very busy on valentine's day so yeah i know you're fully booked oh yeah dawn to dusk (laughs) i'm 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 not looking forward to it honestly it's gonna be a real uh yeah i mean for those of you who might not know noah is actually involved in a romance movie style juggling between three different girlfriends that he accidentally has ended up dating at the same time and the many of his days are hilarious shenanigans revolving around his ineptitude at keeping three separate relationships under three fake pseudonyms straight and he gets into lots of mishaps shenanigans and tomfoolery along the way it's a it's a whole thing. I'm still in the first act, so they haven't. Yeah. I don't think they've begun to suspect anything yet, but uh, you know, we're we're getting there. Yeah, I think. I mean, if if Noah sends a little stressed the day before Valentine's Day, it's it's right before the climax and right before the falling action, so he's gonna have a lot on his plate. So just keep yeah. that in mind. Exactly. So I wanted to start off today. By I don't know how we got on that tangent, by the way. The point of all of that was that we have new mics and that we've almost been doing this for a year. Yes. So let us let us know. DM me on Twitter if you think this episode sounds nice. Or or you can just at me on Twitter. Or you can just not do anything. You can just privately think that it sounds nice. That's also acceptable. As long as you as long as you at least think it. Send us yes. send us good vibes. Exactly. We operate we actually our our run we're hosted by vibes Mm. and that's our hosting platform it's efficient it's very efficient now to start out today well we have some news that 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 came out today no i don't know if you saw this over on the old twitter but apparently there is yet another variant of the m1 max or I don't know some other name that that could come out. We're talking two months from now. Did you see that? I saw there was some discussion going on, but I didn't really read much. So I this is this is new to me. Yeah. So I guess I'll summarize it. So I, I put a video 
up on the channel earlier today. Some of you might be coming here from that video, or maybe you'll go to that video from here. Either way is fine with me. But basically, here's what happened. So, Twitter... <clears throat> the suspense almost got me there. <laughs> Apple doesn't want me to tell you about this. Yeah. Twitter leaker Dylan DKT, who has, has been remarkably and consistently accurate um he tweeted out that the upcoming iMac Pro which is not a finalized name but apparently that is the leading candidate for naming has at least what he has seen a reference to of a, another configuration above what you can offer with the 14 and 16 inch M1 Pro and M1 Max MacBook Pros. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying a 12 core CPU option, which would presumably be additional uh, performance cores, because I don't really see why you would need more efficiency cores in a desktop. Yeah. But this is super interesting, because obviously in a desktop, you don't need to be as concerned about power consumption. I mean, Noah, have you ever, you've used desktops before. Have you ever really considered how much power they use? No. I mean, yeah, you just, when I built the computer, you know, you buy whatever power supply it is. And, and, uh, and that's the only time that I've ever thought about it, I guess. So no. Yeah, that's the same. I've, I've, the only time I've thought about it really is when building PCs because um, Macs, obviously, you don't really need to worry about it. You just plug it in. But it also doesn't have a super-duper... Uh, it doesn't have a super-big impact on the usability. When I'm looking at a laptop and I see that it has a 180-watt GPU, that tells me that it's going to produce a lot of heat and it needs a big old bunch of fans and pipes and it's probably going to be thick. Like, there's a pretty direct correlation there. But in a desktop, I'm okay if it uses a little bit more power. Obviously, I like power efficiency. I like, you know, consuming less electricity, using less natural resources, all that stuff. But it doesn't need to be a laptop. Yeah. And that's what's really interesting. Because once, once you go to an iMac form factor and you don't necessarily need to keep your system power to a minimum, you can add two more performance cores. You can add what I estimated in the video to be another eight GPU cores. Uh, to me, that makes the most sense because I don't know if you saw this, Noah, but if you download TG Pro, which is a temperature monitoring software, and you look at the readouts for the GPU temperature, it, it's arranged by clusters. So there's four clusters that are that will show up, eight mm -hmm. cores in each. So essentially, they they took the M1 GPU and they put four of them next to each other, and there you have. That it. makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And so, essentially, you, you you what we would be talking about is adding another one of those. So you'd get forty core GPU, substantial, and you'd get a 12-core CPU. What are your thoughts on, you know, having now reviewed, well, you didn't make a review on it, but you've been using the most powerful M1 Max, as have I. Do you think that this is noticeable even? Like, do you think that you would notice this additional bump yeah, because in, in it's not like going from the the M1 Pro to the M1 Max, right? That's double the GPU cores, right? And and you don't get double the performance. So, in terms of graphics, I don't know. I kind of wonder if all of those those extra GPU cores might just get eaten out by the fact that you're driving a 5K display for whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, that's a good point because. Like, okay, so, like, obviously, you know, the Macs, like, the laptops are rated for, you know, driving, you know, I don't know what it is, like, a 5K or 6K, or they're, like, you can do two 4Ks or whatever, so they're rated for 
certain things. But I guess if you think about like, you know, when you get into the really pro stuff, you know, talking about like the Mac Pro or even I guess like the iMac, uh, and if you have a second monitor with it, like that's mm-hmm. that's some some serious uh, you know graphics that you're going to be driving there. So that's a good point that. Um, that maybe the the additional cores would be like necessary to get good performance on you know that kind of screen real estate. But to answer your first True. question, I don't know if I would. I mean, I personally wouldn't notice a difference, obviously, because yeah. it's uh, you know so overkill. But uh, I'm sure there are people out there that that would absolutely. Yeah, I think I think that's a really interesting point because when I covered the M1 Max, I got a lot of people that were saying like. It's not even worth talking about because it's so overkill for what most people need that why are you even talking about it? Which is a really interesting thing to hear this time around because the M1 Max is by no means the most powerful computer that you can buy. So uh, this seems to be a sentiment that doesn't really exist in the PC world. I feel like in the PC world, people just want... Horsepower, horsepower, my kingdom for some horsepower. I think that was like a vague reference to something, but I can't remember the full thing, so I don't know if I did it right. But I, I think I know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? I don't know exactly what it is, but I do know what you mean. All right, so we're on the same level of vague comprehension that I made a reference, and we'll let the audience figure out what it was. Yes. There we go. But yeah, so a lot of people are like, oh, well, you don't even, like, I don't even care because the M1 Max is so overkill. I don't even need that, let alone anything in addition. But, I mean, that doesn't change the fact that there are certainly people out there that could use more horsepower. I mean, I like to think that I could. If I'm honest, the M1 Max is probably more than enough for running my my video production side of business and stuff like that but i just like when things are fast so i will of course be purchasing this new imac obviously what do you take me for some sort of a a fool there's no question about that but i think (laughs) i just there's no question about you purchasing a fool well, both of them, both you purchasing the new iMac and you being a fool. That's fair. But to go back to, you, you had the interesting point about, you know, this kind of discussion doesn't really exist in the PC world about like things being too powerful or whatever. And I guess, I guess that's really because of gaming, I would think, mm. because with gaming, there's always like, there's always new games coming out that are, that require bigger and better hardware and there's always you know push out additional frame rate get a high refresh rate monitor 4k hdr whatever like all that stuff i feel like gaming can usually like if you're playing the like top triple a like new games it can it can uh take advantage of anything that you can throw at it you know the 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 ceiling is you know very very high on that whereas on max where there isn't gaming obviously productivity video editing modeling whatever other stuff there is but i feel like on pc it's very easy a lot of the people that are making that argument are probably gamers or or i don't know if i should say that but but a lot of people make that argument i'm sure they are gamers and and uh and you know they can throw resources at that and uh, maybe on a Mac, you're not doing as much gaming, you know. Maybe That's maybe true. some people some people That's don't true. need it. A lot of the a lot of the tasks, like whenever we benchmark Apple Silicon, a lot of those tasks aren't fully saturating the hardware. So, like when I'm rendering in Final Cut Pro, it's not maxing out the system the whole time. If it mm-hmm. was, then I would definitely need more hardware. But yeah. yeah. Um, I also want a real quick shout out to the couple of super chats. Let me get Cole up here. Where is Cole? Oh no, it's far away. Okay, I found it. There we go. Thanks guys for the super chats. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I think that's a very good point because I think, I mean, I have a system with a 3090 in it. I was lucky enough to get an RTX 3090 last year that had been returned to a micro center, so it was on clearance sale. I paid sub MSRP. Very lucky. I know. I That's mean, it so was lucky. still sixteen hundred bucks, but it was an eighteen hundred MSRP. 
that one was that's nice that was a bit of a that was a bit of a cop right there yeah but even with a 3090 and i don't have a super i don't have a 4k i just have i have an ultra wide like you do noah we both have 34 40 by 14 40 ultra wides um yours is 100 hertz i think or 120 uh one of the two i don't remember Mine's a 120. I think yours is yours is probably similar. It's probably the same panel, to be honest. A lot of them are overlapping panels, but it's even even in in certain games when I start throwing like ray tracing, cranking everything up, I can I can run into situations where I'm like hmm, I I wish I could have a few more frames here with a 3090. Yeah. And I don't know that you necessarily have those kind of returns, you know, in Final Cut Pro. Once you get those media accelerators, you're getting pretty much all you could need. Um, and so, yeah, you, you end up you end up getting uh, pretty much. You don't need to spend a ton of money on upgrades, which is something that I tried to emphasize when I was reviewing the M1 Max. I was like, okay, real talk. 64 gigabytes of RAM for 400 bucks. You better really, really need that. You better have a very, you better have a bullet pointed list for why you need that much RAM because it is very hard to justify that price. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely not necessary for most people (laughs) as much as it is fun to click the button and have the best machine. Um, I think the other thing, Going back to um, where you mentioned, like, you know, the the game performance versus, like, Final Cut, I think another important factor is uh, when you're playing a game, that's, like, what you're actively doing, and the, the frame rate, like, you know, and the performance really matters in that moment. If you're exporting a Final Cut video and it takes a minute longer than it would have, maybe you're going to notice it, but, like, it's not nearly as noticeable as, like, you know, playing a game and and the mm. frame rate is choppy. So it's definitely a difference there as well. That is very true. And I guess, you know, it's easy to get caught up in, like, the, the how much are these little differences, you know, offering. But I I would say in the case of Final Cut Pro, there is some of that, like, thing that you would notice every day which is the timeline performance true because you know whether you're using final cut or premiere or resolve you 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 want to have a smooth experience when you're putting together your clips and that that was actually something that i made a whole video last may remember noah when we got the new imax in the m1 imax Mm -hmm. and i switched from the imac pro to the m1 imac Mm -hmm. the thing that was really weird about that is my imac pro was a faster you know faster when it comes to rendering and exporting Mm -hmm. that is as it should be because this imac pro was ten thousand dollars yeah i didn't buy it new but someone paid 10 grand for this thing so you'd expect it to be very fast for more than two years. And it has done that. Yeah. But the timeline performance on the M1 was better. When I was working with the footage, it was better on the M1 iMac than it was on a $10,000 Intel workstation that was faster in rendering and exporting. So... I think that's also worth noting. You know, you don't even need to get the M1 Pro. You can just have the normal M1. And the chips are just so good at what they are targeted for. Even without being the fastest on paper. That's interesting. Because I feel like that... The timeline performance, I'd say, is probably more important than the rendering time. Unless, you know, if if the rendering time is a big difference, that's one thing. But if it's, you know, a a couple minutes of difference, but the timeline Mm -hmm. performance is better, I feel like that's probably the one. And obviously, you know better than I do. But I feel like that's the one that you'd want to go for. Yeah, definitely. And in fact, let me me just pull up my, my benchmarks here. Because the one thing I will say... It's it is easy to point at 
you know, a one or two minute difference here or there and say, okay, well, that's probably negligible. And in most cases it is, but not always. Like, for example, when I have a new product coming out, I want to get my video live as soon as humanly possible. Because that the, the YouTube game is really, really cutthroat. I mean, not like the creators are at each other's throats, because I think all the creators that I know are very lovely human beings. But the algorithm is at all of our throats. Yeah. And the eyeballs don't last. So you want to try to get your videos out as fast as humanly possible without sacrificing quality. Mm-hmm. And so if I look right now at my iMac Pro export times... So, so for for example, and I have these all in seconds, so forgive me if I have to just quickly convert them back, um, to export a 10-minute 4K video, that takes 11 and a half minutes on my iMac Pro. However, on the, on the M1, that takes... 12 and a half minutes so that's a minute slower mm-hmm. which actually my goodness that's not a lot of difference considering that that's like the difference between a $700 Mac mini and a $10,000 iMac is one yeah. minute yeah oh I do not envy the person that purchased this for $10,000 with Apple Care plus Apple Care yeah. sorry Oh, it's more like it's more like twelve, I think. Actually, uh, it's a ridiculous amount of money. But the so the M1 Max, oh god, that's so took a took a minute and a half. A minute and a half. Mm-hmm. Where the other ones took like eleven and a half, twelve and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Mm-hmm. That. That is a difference that I will notice. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm still I'm see the thing is I'm still editing on the iMac Pro because you know, my workflow is 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 set here and it, to be honest, I'm 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 trying to get a Pro Display XDR. I'm I'm still working on it. I know we've talked about this and I know it's been a while. Um it's also a idiotic purchase i should not be buying a pro display xdr in 2022 but i'm gonna i'm gonna do it and then i'm gonna i'm gonna have the pro display xdr i'm gonna plug my m1 max into it and then in march or april i'm gonna plug the new imac into it and then Mm -hmm. in december i'm gonna plug the mac pro into it Mm -hmm. that's just how it's gonna be (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you've 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 already uh, you've talked about it too much that you uh, you don't have a choice anymore. You have to do it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's no longer optional. Um, yeah, unfortunately. Now, the thing that's concerning me is it. So it takes it. It's we're already cu- talking about cutting down my twelve minute export. It's realistically my videos are longer than ten minutes, so it's usually uh, around fifteen or so minutes. So we're talking about taking 15 minutes down to two. That's significant. That's going to make a big difference, you know, on launch day, being able to get a video out 10 minutes faster. Heck yeah. I just pay, I pay an extra 20 bucks a month now to my lifetime nemesis worst enemy Xfinity because I had to step up to their gigabit plan in order to get 35 megabyte per second uploads, Noah. Over Ethernet. Yeah, that's uh, that. That I I don't feel bad. For, I I don't envy you. You that. don't feel bad for me. Wow, ruthless. <laughs> I feel terrible <laughs> for you. I don't envy you for that at uh, all. I pay a hundred and ten dollars a month for thirty-five megabyte per second megabit per second uploads. That's you got to move to California, man. I'm telling you. No, what I need is fiber optic. I'm in a 15-year-old building. I think that's why. Because Xfinity is a cable service. They don't have any fiber yeah. optic options. And I think yeah. they just like can't. I think 
I think 50 megabit or something around that ballpark is like the maximum that they can do over cable, which is dumb. Yeah, I we've talked about Xfinity on this on this podcast before. One day I will topple them. <laughs> they are my my Ender Dragon, and I will one day slay them. <laughs> I'm Somehow. Sure you will. Of course, finding jobs for all of the people that are laid off that are not responsible for it. Anyone who's responsible for it, watch out. You're going to jail. But anyway, <laughs> I paid more money so that I could upload videos faster. I would, I'm would. i more than happy to shave 12 minutes off my export times. The problem that I'm now realizing is Okay, so it takes two minutes with my $4,000 MacBook Pro. What is it going to take? One minute with my $40,000 Mac Pro? Like, how much more do I have to spend for realistically a maximum of two minutes in savings, right? The best that it can do is I click export and it instantly appears on the desktop. No, it'll, it'll export before you click the button. Oh, so like the file is on the desktop and it changes as I'm editing without a need to export at all. Yeah, as you change the timeline, it changes the file and then the preview is just the file. There you go. Wow. You know, I, 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 I almost wonder when you're talking about, dude, this, this Mac Pro, this, this freaking thing, (laughs) this beauty, which is apparently going to have. 40 cores 40 cores and 128 graphics cores and eight media encoders what yeah that's insane it takes it takes two minutes on the mac if you quadruple everything about that dude are is it gonna take me like 25 seconds to export like a 20 minute video Honestly, I mean, when you have that much power and, like, I don't know how easy it is to, like, parallelize video export, but I'd imagine you could do it. And if you have that many, like, media encoders and cores and whatever, like, it's going to tear through it. I can't wait for that. I'm going to spend way too much money on that Mac Pro. But you know what? I think of it as a public service because I... You know, I'm fortunate enough that I can make these videos for you guys and I can fill those videos with me saying, hey, this, you don't need this. Don't buy this. I think 50% of my content is, wow, this is awesome and you should buy it. And then the other half is, you don't need that. You don't, (laughs) you, you just don't need that. Like, I mean, I think this new iMac is going to be fantastic. I really do. 27 inches, mini LED display. It's going to have like 10,000 local dimming zones or some shit. It's going to be 120 hertz pro motion, variable refresh rate. Oh. Thin bezels, the new design, flat back. It's going to be like dead silent because it's going to have like a 90 watt total system power. It's going to be magnificent. But you're probably only going to need the base model at the end of the day. And you can get all of those things, all of the stuff that Apple talks about in their hardware. You know, when you look at the MacBooks, the the ports, the keyboard, the battery, the display, all of that stuff, you don't have to spend a penny more than the starting price to get. Yeah. And that makes the base models, the the bar to, to cross the base model has to be very high because you just get all of that stuff without having to spend any extra on their silly upgrades. Yeah, that that's like the 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 key. And like with the with the new MacBook Pros, I know that was like one of the things that we both said and I think I mentioned it in my little developer review thing, but like mm-hmm. there's a lot of great stuff about about the new Macs and you you get them all in the base model. And obviously, you know, you can get more performance if you need it um, or I guess if you want it, but like all that all that good stuff is is uh, is in the base model and there's not 
There's not much. I mean, like, what else? Like, on the Max, I guess, you know, if you want that Ethernet port and the power brick, or if you want, True. you know, two more uh, USB-C ports or Thunderbolt ports or whatever they are, um, you know, you could step up a little bit, but, like, beyond, you know, maybe one more level up, there's really, uh, you know, not much that you're not, you're not getting much beyond just, like, additional performance. Why don't we go ahead and, and set up a poll here? Okay. For you viewers right now, with what you do, is an M1 Max overkill? Is it a good value? Or is it an absolute necessity and you wish that you had more? I think that's an interesting question. Um, Because I know that there are people that watch these videos that legitimately, you know, make big purchasing decisions. I've talked to a couple of people that, you know, wanted advice on Mac Pro ordering. I know uh, people that, that, that purchase computers for businesses watch tech YouTube. Hmm. I've, I've talked to someone, I think we talked about on the podcast. I talked to someone last year in like May or June that, watched my channel and was very heartbroken to have to order like fully loaded out $6,000 Intel 16 inch MacBook pros because they had to buy them then and couldn't wait for the new ones to come out. And I remember they that. basically yeah. messaged me and were like, I, I can't believe that I have to place the order on this because this is killing me as a tech fan. Yeah. But there are people that you know, watch these videos and that's, I'm curious to see if anyone happens to uh, be here with us. So let's go ahead and get this poll shared. I'm, so for the M1 Max, I'm going to say not enough, just just for myself. So far, we have a three-way tie with three votes. Do you want to put the <laughs> link up as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So if you're if you're watching along, you can go to app.darkmodepodcast.com and you can go ahead and vote in our poll here. Seems like some people figured it out, or are two of these votes us, Noah? I haven't voted yet. I think maybe some people have it bookmarked. Ooh. Yeah, there we go. We got the link up here. Alright, overkill is starting to take a lead here. As we're making this, as we're having this discussion, I do have some concerns about Apple's ability to compete, and I don't know. I, you know, it's not necessarily something that matters a whole lot to the actual people, because realistically, Apple could probably have just completely de like deleted their high-end Pro lineup and said, "We only make consumer laptops now." They could have stopped at M1. And realistically, the higher-end Macs are not a very large percentage of their profits, and it, they would they would not be, you know, ruined as a company if they just stopped there. However, True. we all know that AMD and Intel compete on the high-end to sell on the low-end. This is what everyone does. It's called a Halo product. And the importance of it is not to sell that product, but to demonstrate your ability as a company all the way up and down your product stack. So if I'm a car maker, I'm going to come out with a, some crazy, cool-looking, you know, outstanding design, cool ergonomics, very cool-designed car. But realistically, people are going to go in and buy a Hyundai Tucson. They're not going to buy whatever crazy thing that I've put out there. Uh, if I'm Audi, I'm going to make an R8, but they're going to buy an A3. That's just how it works. So Apple needs to prove on their high end that they can make some really crazy stuff and, you know, just be performance monsters and value and efficiency monsters because those things will sell lower end hardware so even if it doesn't necessarily matter to you directly it is stuff that still has an effect i just wanted to put that out there as 
<laughs> we are seeing a 74% margin saying the M1 Max is overkill. Yeah, that's an important point because I know that we've said this before on the podcast, but it's very easy to be in a bubble of tech people who really care about the highest specs and the best performance. And they'll say, oh, Apple, you know, oh, they're, they're, their machines are like, they're not powerful enough or like, oh, they're, you know, they're useless or, or oh, they're completely over, like whatever. But like the majority of people are gonna go, like you said, for the lower end models and that's all they're gonna need. And it's probably even overkill for them. Like the, the M1, the M1 on its own is more powerful than a lot of people need. But it's, you know, obviously a great value and that's what they're going to go for. But very easy to be in a tech bubble, uh, you know, looking at the very best stuff. And uh, mm -hmm. you don't want to forget about the, 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 the entry level stuff as well. But you also don't want to ignore the high end stuff because it, it kind of like it's weird because it simultaneously doesn't really matter at all, but also very much does because like. The, the way that all these tech companies work with their hardware is you release a new generation and you, you scale it, right? 12th gen Intel chips come in a variety of configurations, but you want to prove that 12th gen is the best by comparing all up and down that product stack and being able to make headlines with the best at the top of the range, even if nobody's going to end up buying it. I mean, I just looked yeah. up now, um, Steam's hardware survey shows that if you add up essentially the entire RTX 30 series lineup, the 3060, 3060 Ti, 3070, 3080, and 3090, that's 4% of the install base, 4% for the basically the entire 30 series which is nuts. That's very low. Yeah. But that's what everyone's talking about because those are, even if you're not buying it right now, everyone wants the 30 series. I'm Granted, I'm sure if, if you know supply wasn't an issue, this number would be a lot higher. Mm -hmm. But for right now, I think the, the most popular card is still a 1060. I think after like five years. Yeah, that's that's a that's a throwback. I'm sure part of it is supply issues and people not upgrading because they can't, but I'm sure part of it is people maybe not needing to upgrade because their setup can play the games that they want to play at the, you know, at the level that they want to play them at. True. And that's, I mean, that applies here. Obviously it's a different situation because we're talking about gaming versus Mac hardware. But right. if people see the high end stuff getting the coverage, even if they're not going to buy the Mac pro, they're going to, you know, you're going to see people talking about, this workstation with incredible quietness and incredible performance. And they're going to assume rightfully that that continues even all the way down to an M1 Mac mini. And so Apple does need to compete because if we're, we're talking about an iMac, a 27 inch iMac now that is no longer operating under the excuse of Oh well, it's a it's a laptop. It's really good for a laptop. You look mm -hmm. at the M1 Max, and it the the CPU is up there with the top performing, at least pre 12th gen CPUs. 12th gen CPUs, I think even Core i7s are are gonna be above and beyond what the M1 Max has to offer, albeit with a lot more power consumption. Mm -hmm. Same thing with AMD. So you've got a very powerful CPU, and then realistically, Apple's GPU isn't all they promised in, in, in a number of ways. It, it's not really a, a 3080, if we're being honest. Right. Yeah, They do suffer from compatibility stuff. Like a lot of the things don't run that well because it's Rosetta or 
because it's using a deprecated, you know, OpenCL or something like that. But in in the real world, a thirty eighty that was a bold comparison for them to be making. So what do you do when you're now converting that to a desktop where you no longer have the excuse of power consumption as a benefit for your performance? Because like with the, with the MacBook Pro, with the M1 Max, you can say, okay, yes, it's not as fast as a 12th gen Core i9 plus an RTX 3080 mobile, but I have better battery life and I don't hear the fans and it runs really cool. That's a that's a valid trade-off, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it, it is perfectly understandable why you would want to go for something that, as Noah was talking about, renders it a minute slower if you can use it away from the wall for three extra hours. That's that's a good trade-off. Yeah. But on a desktop, what where's the benefit of the efficiency? Yeah, it's definitely, you could argue that it's still there, but no one's going to notice it. So, uh, exactly. So, definitely, yeah, they can't really, you know, tout that as, as much of a, as a, of a benefit. And on a laptop, being a more power efficient design gets you a thinner device, which gets you less weight, which makes it easier to carry. Those are benefits. On a desktop, Okay, you can make it thinner. Who cares? Yeah, really. I mean, you're it's, gonna it's you're gonna set it up. And, you're gonna set it up, and especially with the Mac Pro, because you know the Mac Mini. You could argue that they could make the Mac Mini a lot smaller than it is now, because there's you know a lot of there's the overkill power supply and and some some empty room in the case. So they could make it smaller. How much of a difference would that make? Probably not mm-hmm. too much. But especially the Mac Pro, like you're gonna set that oh, up yeah. on a desk or on the floor, and and you're probably not gonna to move that thing. Or if you do, you're gonna buy the fancy Apple wheels, and then it doesn't. <laughs> the four hundred dollar wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm. I have to say, I'm very intrigued that our poll has now finished with forty five votes, fifty percent saying the M1 Max is not enough in terms of performance. Seven percent said good value. 43% said overkill. I'm going to assume that some of the people saying not enough are being a little goofy. Yeah, I don't cuz it was overkill was the winner for a while and then at the end not enough uh started took really the lead making, there. Yeah, it really took the lead, so I don't know. I mean, I think though that does tell us that there are some people who would who would want to see more power, even if it's just to watch videos on powerful electronics, right? Like that's a that's a very valid reason. There's a reason that you know PC build channels get views about like crazy expensive builds. It's kind of just entertaining to watch. Yeah, and that's part of how a brand makes its sales. You know, Halo car example. Mm-hmm. So I I really hope that Apple can pull out all the stops. The, the I will say though no the the one benefit that efficiency would give you on the desktop is noise. Yeah. Cuz when True. you look at PC builds, one of the big things that you find is like people that are like silent PC, super quiet PC like desktops that are loud are really annoying. And with a desktop, I think Apple has the opportunity to create pretty much dead silent operation if they play their cards right like you've got a 27 inch panel and a little chip to put on the back of it i really really have high expectations for them to be able to deliver as much performance as is physically possible from those chips with essentially no noise under any reasonable circumstance that's my expectation i think i mean i think that's reasonable because that's what i've experienced at least with the the macbook pro and i think that's important for especially for the imax because the entire machine is sitting right in front of you you know with the desktop you can make the argument that you can stick it on the floor and obviously you know if it makes noise it can still be annoying but it's not going to be right in front of you the imac you know the entire computer being right in front of you 
but still being silent, you know, that, that definitely makes a big difference. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely the case. Now, as far as other stuff we wanted to talk about, I can't remember. We, what was it? We had another, I was the, what was the other big development? uh, Yeah. Education. Yeah. 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 Do you want to, do you want to explain what exactly happened with that? Yeah, sure. So there was um, uh, some interesting developments in the Apple education store. And so basically, uh, you know, for the longest time, I think probably for as long as the education discount has existed, um, you could use the education discount without any sort of verification whatsoever. You could just go to the education store link. I think you just add like us-ed to the URL and you were mm-hmm. in the education store, and you could shop and uh, and buy, or in-store, I think, if you just ask for it. I don't know if they checked anything or not, but at least online, they didn't check anything, uh, and you could just use the education discount. And then recently, they added uh, verification with Unidays, if I'm pronouncing that right, which is what they use for Apple Music for their student plan. They added it to the Apple Store, so you would have to verify that you were a student through that in order to uh, get the discount. And I think I heard they also limited it to like one Mac per person, which maybe that wasn't the case before, or I guess it wasn't really enforced very much before. So I don't know, but they were limiting it. Um, And then shortly after that happened, they rolled it back to the way it was before with no verification. I think that was because people were having issues verifying and I wouldn't be surprised if they turn the verification back on. Um, but I was kind of surprised. Uh, I guess it's not that surprising, but I was kind of surprised after so long that they were finally cracking down on it. And now I guess we're not yeah. sure if they're going to crack down on it again. What do you think about that? I mean, I, I to be honest, I didn't know that they backtracked it. Uh, that's news to me. I, I remember yeah. seeing the news of the Switch, and I was like, wow, that's... I was I was surprised because, I mean, how long, Noah, have we been using the education store 10 years since, at least yeah since we were actually students yeah and so, we're thus like eligible since we were it. in middle school we yeah and were therefore eligible for it although no because in it was all they always had said you know if you're in college if you're in college it was always sort of like intended for college students yeah but i used i used it all the time i bought my macbook pro on it Although I'm gonna count that as an as a borderline case because I was very recently a student, and that was my first time, technically abusing the system. Technically, I I uh, I I guess I ab- abused the system <laughs> for my MacBook Pro, and the other thing that was poor funny. Apple was yeah i know poor apple they're gonna they're gonna really miss that money. I did use it for the MacBook Pro, and also for the the iPad Mini which I only had for a couple of days, which I I returned it. But uh, I'm pretty sure I told you this, but when I ordered it, I forgot to use the education discount. So I messaged Apple support and told them I forgot to use the discount and they just applied it to my order. Oh my God. No verification, no nothing. They just applied it to my order. So, you know, it was before my card got charged and then it got charged the lesser amount because they applied the discount after the fact. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really know why they're pretending to care that much right now. I guess someone came up to them and said, "Hey, look. Work with us here at Unit Days, just put it in and we'll save you a couple uh we'll save you a couple bit bit of money." And they're like, "All right." That's yeah, what I, I don't... suspect. I don't think it's really been that big of like I I highly doubt that they've they've had like frantic meetings in Tim Cook's office. They're like, "Sir, we're we're hemorrhaging money. <laughs> yeah. Everyone is using the education discount and we're going under in 30 days if we don't do something. And then for 8 years Tim Cook has been searching the internet like, "Oh, if only there was a way to figure out if someone's actually a student." It's crazy. It's there's no way to do this. Yeah, and then Unidays came in and were like, "We're here for the rescue." Um, Tim was like, thank you. We're going to be a $4 trillion company in one month now. We think we're going to love this. (laughs) That's Wait, that's so accurate, though, because then they rolled it back, but then they might put it out again. 
So <laughs> they literally said, we think you're going to love this. <laughs> yeah. And maybe they were wrong. But um, the interesting theory that I read about this was that so it was okay so first of all we should say the education discount has been around for a very long time like we said and so the fact that they're cracking down on it now or maybe cracking down on it now is um it's surprising because it's been around for so long and it hasn't been a problem if it were a new thing and then you know they were cracking down on it that's one thing but it's been around for so long and I can't think of a particular reason why now versus earlier they would have. But the interesting theory that I read about this was that Apple was sort of using the education uh, store or education discount as a way to like secretly discount their products for people that know about them. That's kind of a weird way to phrase it. But basically what mm. I mean or what they were saying was. Um, Apple doesn't do sales. They don't do discounts on their products. Sometimes they'll bundle like an Apple gift card or like AirPods or something with a product for like back to school or whatever, but they don't do actual discounts on their mm. products. And so the theory was that maybe in order to compete with some of the other retail stores that actually do have discounts, if they leave the education store open and, you know, they're not you're not they're not encouraging it but they're also not checking it if they sort of just leave it open then people that know can get the discount but they're still buying directly from apple and then maybe that'll make some people happy so i thought that was a really interesting theory that is an interesting theory because i guess i guess if you if like if i'm really dead set on buying a custom configuration mac one that mm -hmm. recently came out that's not on discount and is a configuration that nobody's carrying because micro center best buy they tend to carry the you know the the usual configurations maybe a couple of options the 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 kind of thing that apple actually stocks in store not stuff that you're going to build and customize yeah and so maybe in that particular case if i'm gonna if i'm gonna build my own like if i want to get like a weird configuration that i can't find anywhere and I'm really desperate to buy it, I would go through the education store if I could. But I guess now the argument would be sucks to suck. You don't get a discount. You just have to buy it at full sticker. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess Apple themselves probably aren't too concerned about... Like, if they really were concerned about discounts or whatever, then they would... They could make a, a more of an effort i feel like part of their brand is like these are the products we're offering and these are the prices take it or leave it and and they yeah. they let the other you know the, the big box retailers or whatever they let them handle the sales and stuff but i guess you know if they were using the education store as a way to sort of make some sales available to people you know in a in a secret kind of way then maybe maybe that's no longer interesting to them or maybe that's not what it is at all and they just decided to crack down on it more now and we can never know why <laughs> it's a mystery until the end of time yeah. the one thing that there, there is something that stands out to me though this might sound a little conspiratorial but have you ever noticed that apple never does even through third parties like Best Buy, like big clearance sales, they never True. ever do. True. I wonder, I really do wonder if Apple makes its authorized resellers agree to a minimum. You know what I mean? Like a minimum price for the laptop yeah like you cannot yeah. under any circumstances sell for less than this amount even you know later because if you go on best buy like here let me go on best buy right this exact second oh boy and i'm gonna share this with with you guys because or actually i think i'll go on micro center because i think i know what what i'm looking for here micro center okay always has Okay, the, this is under clearance, but this is this is the sales that they always have. They always have Apple products 
that are like weirdly old and you're like mm-hmm. why are you still selling this there's Let's the iPod i can't touch. find one on here oh oh yeah ipod touch 32 gigabytes wait it's not even on sale they only have two. Oh my god <laughs> oh well i mean some of these are in store only right so that's fair um I'm not seeing a ton of them here, but whenever I go into a micro center, they have like previous gen products that came out like years ago on somewhat deep sale. Like they had the old iPad mini was like $150 discounted or something at a micro center one time. But it's weird. I'm like, why do you guys have all of this old inventory from like years ago? And I wonder if it's because Apple won't let them discounted enough to clear out their inventory and so they end up in these perpetual slight sales with increasingly aging inventory i could see that especially with the newer stuff the older stuff you know maybe but like definitely with the newer stuff like i could see like if some some big box retailer they could be a little sneaky and like have a if they discounted the Mac like pretty heavily, maybe bundled it with something else that people mm. might want, and uh, and like sort of took took a lot of the sales maybe from other from the other companies and from Apple themselves. I could definitely see them having like a minimum uh, price in line because like obviously there's MSRP, but I could I could see you know like a, like a minimum uh, as well that Apple would would enforce. It makes sense. An MMRP. Manufacturer's <laughs> minimum retail price. Ah. Yeah, I can see it. I don't know. That's a conspiracy. So for those of you uh, lawyers out there, it's just a just a hunch. Nothing legally binding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about we it. We don't have any insider information. No, absolutely not. I I I wouldn't be surprised though. I mean, I know that a lot of in, in other segments, a lot of stores have to like it. You like call in and, and agree on like, hey, this is the lowest price. Actually, wait a minute. I think this isn't a conspiracy at all. I'm just now remembering. I watched a, a Linus Tech Tips video from a while, a while back, where they they he was talking about TVs, I think. And he, and he basically said that they do have minimum prices to prevent retailers from just like putting everything on a ton of sale and completely like diluting the brand. So that yeah. and I changed my mind. It, they they do have that. It's not a conspiracy. It's just a fact. <laughs> um, I just think that they're probably fairly aggressive with it. Yeah, now the lawyers can know this is this is a fact. It's not a conspiracy. <laughs> okay, so we're still. I'm. That was a joke. <laughs> uh, I I still don't know what Apple's whole thing is, but yeah. So yeah, I I just think that there's um a little bit of coordination of pricing that goes on out there. I think so. I think they should do neither the, uh... positive nor negative. They should do the uh, the Nathan for you. Uh, remember the TV, uh, the one dollar TV. Do you remember? Do you remember oh, this? I don't remember that. It was first of all Nathan for you, hilarious TV show that I Lucas Lucas seen it as well, but I highly recommend uh, that, that you watch it. But um, but there was an episode <clears throat> where some uh, like like uh, smaller electronics store they were trying to compete with Best Buy, and they had. Uh, they did like a $1 TV, but in order to get it, you had to like show up in a three piece suit and then you had to like crawl through a little door past an alligator or something to get to the $1 TV. It was pretty funny. I don't think I, I think saw that one. That. Really? Oh, it's a good one. Dude. Also, I would do that. I would show up in a three piece suit and crawl past an alligator to get a $1 iMac. Are you kidding me? I would do that. I would. That would be good content too. I'd like to see that. That's true. I could vlog it. Yeah. Be a vlog YouTuber. Bro, I swear, every time I tell someone who doesn't really know much about YouTube, or honestly, even people who do, like people our age, young, savvy, every time I they're like, Oh, what do you do? And I say, Oh, I make YouTube videos. They're like, Oh, are you a vlogger? Are you like Jake Paul? <laughs> I'm like, Oh my god. <laughs> 
What oh, is up with man. vlogging? Why is it that everyone thinks that if you do YouTube, you must be going, what is up, guys? Today we're going to go fart in the swimming pool and see if anyone notices. Ah, Like, there's other things that people can do. <laughs> there oh. are, but I feel like those are the people that always make the, the news headlines for doing bad things. I know, things. I hate it. And that's, that's what people think about. Uh, you know what I think about, Noah? What do you think about, Luke? I think about ending this podcast episode with uh, the with uh, our voices in it. That's an interesting thought. Interesting yeah. way to phrase it, too. I, Yeah, that was on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, so I got to go vlog right now, actually. I'm late for my vlog appointment. Oh, man. We're not farting in swimming pools. We're farting near them. It's very different. I don't want to be derivative, you know? Mm, of course. But I have been your host, Luke Miani. And I've been your host, Noah Rubin. Thanks oh, for tuning in and have this. a great night. Noah's audio has cut out. That's interesting. It did. Well, it doesn't matter because the podcast is over. So thank you guys for listening. Good night. <laughs>